you gotta be so average? Just some average guys podcast. What's up, people? This is Diggy Metro. This is Christian. Young Snaggerbets. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Hang mm. it out, man. We're at Amherst currently right now. We're doing the podcast here live. I want to let everybody know you could stream us right now. You can't. You can't stream us, <laughs> you can't you can't stream us right now. That. But eventually, I feel like we could probably take it to that degree where we stream live. I don't think it's even that hard. Honestly. IT department's working on it. Yeah. We got, I, we got a lot of departments <laughs> working on it right I, now. I, I got an Indian thing I know. <laughs> I feel yeah, like no. I feel like if we did like a YouTube show, we could That'd probably we could probably go live. Yeah, I don't know if we'd have many viewers at the time of, but who knows? I know Sunday at like at a certain time. Doing, what are you doing on Sunday? Yeah, uh, Game of Thrones is done. There's no football. There's no basketball. Can we time. talk about how how we're in that part? What did Jamie call it yesterday? The Mount Rushmore. Yeah, we're in the Mount. Yeah, the the Mount Rushmore the Mount, Mount Rushmore season. season. Yeah, 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 we're in. And we're going to credit Jamie with that because he said it, so we're not going to take credit for that. Uh, but Jamie like said that. pretty much we're in that part of sports where everything is kind of done. Everything important is done. So they just start talking about the top players of every era. The who's Mount Rushmore. And baseball randomly. Like, who's the top four? Who's the Mount Rushmore of uh, this year's NBA season? Um, well, I think LeBron, before he went out, was up there. But he's always up there. I think it's just Kawhi, KD, Giannis, and LeBron. Anthony Davis is always going to be up there too, but he didn't really give a fuck this season because he wanted KD, off. LeBron and who? Kawhi and Giannis. Oh, and Giannis, yeah, Giannis. Giannis, you, you got to give. Yeah, yeah I mean, dude, they no got Steph Curry. Steph Curry, I don't know, dude. I don't know if you get added to the the Mount Rushmore on a season where your team has KD and he's like kind of like your leader, and then you lose four games when to one in the finals. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yo, Kawhi, like, hats off to Kawhi because. To fucking play like that for a whole postseason and win a championship for Toronto when you got traded there as a one-year rental. First off, shout out to the fucking, I forget the guy's name, Masai or something. He's the uh, uh, the GM for the Raptors. And homeboy traded fucking Kawhi Leonard. He traded DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. That's one. And that was like a crazy trade. Like, okay, we're we're switching shit up. And then midway through the season, he trades Jonas uh, Valanciunas and another player for for Marcus All. So that's risk. You know what I mean? Like that's you're literally trading your like starters. Like at that point, it's not like you're trading bench players well, getting, to try to get but, pieces. But I I think that's what takes them to the next level. Like you got to be able to recognize and trust that these really good players that you're kind of selling the house for are going to pay dividends. And they did. See, but at what at what point? Do you assess risk and say, you know, switching up the entire team in one seat? Like, obviously that gamble worked, but I wonder how many times teams gamble on that and, and it, it just goes, goes shit, fucking and then shitty. Like, we got to now fire the GM and shit. Right, right, right. Yeah. A lot I, of I, I'm, I'm more than more than we would know. Or think, think about probably. this. Think about this. They fired Dwayne Casey last year, and Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year, and they said, "All right, like, like we don't care. Like we didn't need him. He obviously didn't get us to where we wanted to be." And they hired Nick Nurse, who was an assistant coach. And, uh, yeah, dude, everything that they did, like, hats off to the Raptors organization because everything they did worked. You know what I mean? Like And, that's... They, did and they did it this year. Yeah. Like, they did it the year up. Which, yeah, well, it's, it's amazing. Talk about return on investment. Okay. So, with that said, all right, Anthony Davis obviously just got traded to the Lakers, right? But the Celtics were in the race to uh, trade for him, right? And they were saying, okay, but... Even if you get him, he's only going to be there for a year. Now, if you're an organization, uh, GM, do you take that risk now? Because you could see that a year switch up could win you a championship. So right. do, you, do you take the risk on a rental? Because now, okay, Kawhi wins a championship. It's possible. Kawhi wanted to go to L.A., but it's possible that now he stays in Toronto because he's like, yo, I just want to ship. He's like a god there. Right, right, right. So it's like... You're taking that chance on that one-year rental, but if you guys won a championship, it's entirely possible that they're going to stay anyway. Because why would you leave a team? Now, this is what I don't get. There's there's NBA players that they say they're a one-year rental, and they're really a one-year rental whether they win or lose. Like Kawhi, they're saying they don't know if he's going to still stay at, in Toronto. He's going to come back. I hope so. I, I think he will. I can't see you leaving after winning a championship. Yeah. No matter the cold weather, like I don't care. It's like Toronto's a dope city. Yeah, extremely. Just cold. 
Good yeah, Detroit, though, extremely you know, diverse. As far as with uh, LeBron and, and the AD thing, though, like with that team, uh, I mean, taking the risk, obviously, on Kawhi and all that other shit, that's one thing. But I think, you know, it's it's a risk with AD, but it's also it's not as risky. And I guess, like, you know, their minds. Like, it's just like, okay, we have already LeBron, and now we have AD. It's like, Dude, we're, how do we're going to win a shitload of games. How do you feel to be DeMar DeRozan? Scrub. Scrubbed out. You got to feel like shit, right? Oh, horrible. Like, like, dude, damn. you got traded for and two then, guys, the team, yeah, and they went to the championship and won it against the Warriors. And it wasn't even like a close How series. How many times did Demar Derozan almost make make it to fucking like championship? Four seasons. Same. Yeah, yeah like I four was, seasons where they were. Yeah. That's why Doris Burke was kind of a bitch after the game. She was like just asking everybody about how they felt about their old team. I was like, bitch, why you got to bring this sad ass shit? I guess <laughs> it's like compelling content. People want to know. And, she get that I get why she did it, but just like, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can they, wait like a month. They just won. Yeah, yeah, Ten yeah. Minutes Like, ago. that's not what they're thinking about, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Doris was probably, like, gifted that question. Like, you could get this off. Nobody's going to really. I think if a guy asked it, he'd be like, dude, like, no, shut she, the fuck she up. She definitely had to ask those questions. I don't think Doris Burke is the type of bitch who, like, she knows. She's Doris Burke. She knows like, she up. knows that's not a cool But I question. also think that there's a certain degree of, like, marketing that they employ where it's like, yeah, we know that might not be a cool question, but the content that we'll get out of it is worth the summer. You exactly know what I mean? Even if yeah. it goes bad. Right. No, they pray. They, yeah, bad. if it goes bad, it's even better it for them. So super viral. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. when she asked, um, who'd she ask? I think she asked... Um, Maybe Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry about, about DeMar DeRozan. Right, right, right. Or something like that. Or one of them. Or Marcus all about Zebo. Something and like if they if they just went on to yeah no fuck those niggas I'm out here right now yeah, yeah like we that we looks terrible <laughs> but, but it would look great right but at the same time it's like obviously they're happy to be in the position that they're in because yeah. they just won a championship I don't think Kyle Lowry if you don't have Kawhi Leonard on a team I don't think he ever wins a championship so it's like you have to be you know it's fucked the whole time I'm like yo Kyle Lowry's looking like a fucking he's just like giving enough points for them to like win games and shit but then at the last game he like ended up doing it it's like damn like now nah, you can't really like shit on Kyle Lowry too much Kyle he, Lowry's a good player it's just he's not he's obviously not like a next level yeah yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's but just, he's a great role he's, player yeah yeah a great role player if Kyle Lowry if I found out I'm a Celtics fan if, if I found out that Kyle Lowry was getting traded to the Celtics tomorrow I'd be He'd ecstatic be yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like yeah, I wouldn't be sure. upset about that at all you know what sure, I mean sure. that's a good player to have on your team I feel like teams made up of like a lot of good role players are the teams that win championships. Yo, yeah. if if you go back like seven years and you say, yo, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, and Draymond Green are going to make up a dynasty, I guarantee most GMs would be like, bull fucking shit, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you take risks on those type of players that are all solid role players. Yo, that speaks to more than just basketball, though. That's like life. Like, all right, even with this podcast... I lead the podcast in terms of I bring us into the podcast. I ask questions, right? Like, I play the anchor role of this podcast. But you guys both add in your own part of it. Like, mm. like there's, there's clear roles. When you're listening to this podcast, you know that there's clear roles in the podcast. And that's why it works fluidly. Uh-huh. I don't think that... All right, now say there's another podcast out there that has an anchor. And then there's another podcast as an anchor. And I say, you know what would be great? If we just all three anchors from the podcast made one podcast. It would be all of us just shouting over, over each other, other, trying to ask the question <laughs> and no one answering. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like with anything in life, a good business, you just need solid role players to like That's win. why they have a thing like six man of the year. Because right. they recognize how important a six man is. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. Now with that said, though, how does AD go into the Lakers work? That's alpha on alpha. Like that's just straight alpha. Al- alpha but the other the other alpha is the alpha. He's the alpha, but Anthony Davis. I know, but Anthony Davis is the alpha as well. Hope, You're well, talking about a Pelicans team that for the past he, for the past however he, many seasons they went to, they only went as far as Anthony Davis took them. You know what I mean? I think that Anthony Davis already knows that he's not gonna he's not trying to contest who's alpha. He's gonna take the second role in. You the, think so? Yeah, for sure. He needs. That's what, that's what I was gonna say. It all, it's all. Contingent on, like, if you recognize yourself as finally, like, for, for us to win, I need to take a step back from where I was. And at the same time, they need to enforce a system that highlights the LeBron 
AD like dynamic. Right. Okay. Now and it's good. Now say Kyrie says fuck Brooklyn. I'm gonna go play on the Lakers with Whoa. AD and LeBron. How does that team work? It doesn't. But you can go back and say, well, Kyrie, LeBron, and Kevin Love already did that, and they won a championship. So I, I think Kyrie wants to continue to just fucking be the leader of a team. I don't think he wants can we to talk go a- underneath fucking LeBron's wing again because he's not going to be the Can fucking- we talk about what makes that dude happy? Who? Kyrie. Kyrie was on a team with LeBron, right? And I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, salty. I'm a little salty because he was, he was on the Celtics and he's leaving, right? But what, what makes Kyrie happy? Because Kyrie initially said, "Were we not enough for you, Kyrie?" <laughs> no, but it's like, it's like, yo, you initially said that you wanted to be a leader on a team. You didn't want to live in LeBron's shadow. Cool. Then you go to the Celtics. You have a perfect opportunity. You have young players in Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, and you completely just belittle them after every bad loss. You say how they don't know enough. And it's like, at what point do you take accountability for the fact that maybe you're just a bad leader? Well, that's that's what being a leader is, though. Right. He's just not a good leader. Exactly. I think he wants, yeah, I think he wants the the glory of winning games, but at the same time, he wants to keep the belittling. At the same just, time, he's not know? fit to, 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 be, to play that role. Right. Because if you... I'm saying, though, he wants, to, he wants to be the leader, but also be able to fucking shit on people. Yeah. But it's like, yo, you can't shit if you're winning. Like, it's just like, well, who are you going to shit on? Like... A long time ago, I think it's just for him. It's going to be a constant struggle of figuring out what he actually wants from the team. A long time ago, I heard a report about like how like Kyrie talked to Kobe, and Kobe said something about how you have to shake shit up in the locker room in order to like achieve greatness. And I don't know if he was trying to follow that like outlook on shit, but it didn't go. Understood what shake shit up means though. Yeah, I think that Kobe is saying more or less if there's people that are stagnant and just content, you have to like shake them up and make them yeah. want to work harder. I don't think he meant, yo, if in the press conference they ask what went wrong, you just shit on every one of your teammates. Doesn't mean make beef. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Well, people see things differently. Where do you think Kyrie goes? You think Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that like almost solidified pretty much? It's as solidified as things can be in the NBA, though. You know what I mean? Like, yo, it was solidified a couple seasons ago that Paul George was going to the Lakers. Never happened. Yeah. Russell Westbrook and him are partying out in fucking Oklahoma City one night, and he announces that he's staying with OKC, which obviously didn't work. You know yeah. what I mean? But still, like, I, I don't know if the NBA is ever straight up solidified because at the last second, there could be a team offer you a fucking ridiculous amount of money that you could be like, all right. I have this to take li- that. So life changing. You don't give a fuck about. So it's pretty obvious that the NBA is like fixed for the most part. I don't think it's fixed. I think that I there's think certain parts. But I don't think games are fixed. No, I don't. I don't think the games are fixed. I think the macro is fixed. I think. Like, the, um, I think. I think the games are fixed. How? How could the games be fixed? Because you can't. You can't make people miss shot. Like. That's Dude, true, but you have I, to be such a good actor. Like, it's not yeah. you can fall no. on the fourth. You know it's. Yeah. It's. Uh. I think it's fixed in a way of just uh like calls. Like throughout the game, that are those can influence the game, but they still can't determine. There's no sh- for yeah, but you could you could get fucked no, on a well, call, and it could be a complete swing for the other team. Now all of a sudden they're scoring a shitload of points, and now you lost because of one that call. Quick, because just because you call the bad call doesn't mean it swings. It's not like yeah, it's not definite. It's like, not a that's definite true. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But now I mean, you could be taking I, a risk. And, if you say I'm gonna fall on the fourth, that's a definite. Okay, but let's make a distinction though. If if you're because remember when the referees uh, in the NBA got caught with like mafia shit? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that, that like happened where like yeah. they said like refs were like throwing certain games and they picked in, and choose which games they were going to throw and they did it very meticulous and smart. If you call something, say it's a tie game with like 10 seconds to go, someone inbounds the ball and a call that you wouldn't necessarily call a travel normally, you call a travel on. Changes the possession, that other team gets the ball, they score and win the game. That you could say, okay, they fixed that. Mm-hmm. Throwing but, a game as a ref is difficult. You got to pick the right moment. But with that's the what I'm right saying. That would be the perfect the right moment. Play, would be yeah. would be the end of the game, tie game. Yeah. You give the other team the ball. They score. They win. But right? Even that because that but, might not be good because it might look too obvious though. Right, but I guess you just have to be a really you have to be really good at doing it. For real. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to be a real scumbag. But with that said though, I don't I don't see anything being fixed. Like yo, you could say Boston. Okay, Boston was supposed to be a good team this year, right? And they wound up doing shitty, and then. They get into the second round. They're playing the Bucks. Kyrie shoots 18 for 65. That can't be fixed because you can't you can't do that on purpose. You know what I mean? Like you can't be like, all right, every eight shots I'm gonna make one. You feel me? 
I guess so. I, but I don't know. It's one of those things also, too. They're, they're professionals, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So just like they, completely they do this in their sleep. So I don't know if that's That's what case. I'm saying, though. Like, they are like, also highly skilled at the game of basketball. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, but, but <laughs> being also, highly skilled, do you want to make yourself look like shit? Like, How much for, money are you paying? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> also, with uh, the refs, right? You were saying, like, um, you know, like they have to pick the perfect time and shit. These people, uh, their lives are based on officiating a sport. They've read up on it all the whole life, studied it. Right. I don't know. Maybe they know... It's just like a like an energy thing. It's they like can just every, be like something might just sway off of something. You it's know? like every job. Like every job has its like inner shit that you would only know if you work in it. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Like, um, like I know what what an accountant does, or what a or what um some or what running an e commerce business is like. But you know, for instance, part of that you know Amazon uh, lags on their um. Sending right, right. invoices or some right, shit like right, right, that, right. and you could try to figure out how to work that just based on your extensive knowledge. Right, of and that. we and every business does that. Like for instance, exactly. businesses businesses send checks late. Businesses send, do certain things that are like shady, but like but they know that it'll pass because right. of the way that they inner do it. Right, 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 right. Go, so it's possible. I, mean? I don't know. I'm I'm not under the impression that any sports. Any professional sports league is based on fixing because I don't. Like I just don't think. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. yeah. I just don't think that that's like a possible way to like keep fans. But now, I do whatever. I do think whatever level of fixing they're on right now. I think it might be the reason why the NBA is so fucking excited. Well, let's okay. Let's go into a sport that's easily fixable: boxing. Right. Boxing. Ooh, segue. Fuck. Yeah. And we watched. <laughs> yeah, we watched the, right the Fury fight um, last night and. We're not but, implying it was fixed because it was, definitely wasn't. That nigga just got strapped on. I've never seen someone that big move like that. <laughs> so crazy. Man. He's just like so like light on his feet for a 6'9", 260. Smooth in his face and his body. Just, yeah, it's just different. Fantastic. Boxing it is hit different. Boxing's finally back because you have all like superstar heavyweights. And the other I think are looking good too, that's man. true. But I think at a certain point, boxing was super fixed to where it started to get very boring and like annoying like yo when Pacquiao was at the height of his career there were about three fights where it was like very apparent that he got completely robbed yeah. for everyone that watched it and that type of shit makes boxing purists say like yo this sport fucking sucks now yeah you know what I mean once the purists start saying this is a bad sport now that's when it's like you know it's solidified yeah yeah like NBA I don't think it's to that degree where like the purists are like yo I don't know what's I, going on I think on it's with the a general anymore. consensus we all recognize that there's some shady shit yeah but we don't really I learn. think organizationally there's there's shady shit. Like I think like we when we were talking about on one of our podcasts, like the draft. Like who gets the draft lottery? Exactly. That's that's shady for sure. For you know? sure. But, but a small market as, team gets a first round pick, good. But as far as like yeah, games, I don't I don't know if I see that being fixed. What's up with the Knicks, man? Dude, no, the, never gonna happen. No. The they Knicks started are, off, the Knicks have they a started off talking about there. K D and uh and uh what is that, a filter? Yeah. I forgot what it is. Is that like a legit one? Yeah. Okay. The pack. Right. But I appreciate you. I'm gonna hold on gotcha. to that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the Knicks, they just keep nicking. You know, it's they, like they keep nicking. They do. Like, they do the thing, and then they can't catch a break on top of it. Well, I just think that they don't. You know, part of being a good GM is looking into the future, seeing what so could possibly, possibly happen. happen, and assessing it from there. Who's the GM? I mean, who knows? For the, for the Knicks? Yeah. I don't know. We we can look it up, but I I mean they're not fucking well known. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like it's uh, yeah, they haven't done anything great. So it's like they yeah, the Knicks pick up decent draft picks every year and it's always like some like oh, we never thought he'd be this good. And then it just goes to shit. It's just like all right. It goes well, to shit, but because the system sucks, not right. because the players suck. But the thing is like as an organization, yo, until Dolan sells the Knicks, there's not much that's going yeah, it's not going to change. Is he really dude. the problem? Yes, because he doesn't give a fuck. Mm. Dude, when you don't care about... It's like any business, dude. Like, if I owned a business and, like, I had workers, but, like, I didn't give a fuck about the business, it was pretty much just, like, a hobby of mine, it's never going to be successful. Yeah, like, you so. need I, to put people yeah. in place that actually care, I you know? You, I need you Mark Cuban in it. Right. And Mark, Mark Cuban is a perfect example of, like, yo, the, the Mavericks haven't been great, but you can but see that he's, like, very good. passionate about... And they want a championship. That, or, yeah, he's at the games. He, right, he, no, he yeah. gives a shit, you know? Like, sure. I don't know, man. I don't think the Knicks are ever going to be a good team. 
I think that Brooklyn is actually going to be on pace to be a better team than the Knicks. I think that they have a better shot at winning a championship in the near future than the Knicks do. That's probably been the success since that team was I think think as far as Brooklyn goes, it's more appealing for a player to go to Brooklyn, a team that's not so bad, one. Two, is in New York a big market team? And three, doesn't have the stigma attached to that other New York big market team. Right, right, right. And with Brooklyn, okay, if you're Brooklyn, do you take KD knowing that he's not playing next season? Uh, do you throw the bag at him? I do. I think I do too. Because okay, next season we suck again. Because yo, it's compelling. It's compelling for any team. I don't think there's a single team that was going to offer KD the bag that's not going to offer KD the bag still. It's KD, right? And you take a chance on that. But teams might be like, all right, we're in a position where we need to like win now. So and those I think that's teams, what most teams, are and those, too. but those teams are out of the race completely. There's rebuilding teams that are like yo. Like the Nets, for instance. Say they sign Kyrie, uh-huh. and they have that other max position. If I'm them, I say, okay, whatever. We see what Kyrie can do this year, and next year KD comes back. They did well last yeah, but they're saying if they sign Kyrie, they're going to get rid of D'Angelo Russell, oh. which to me is like, dude, he's the reason why you guys even got into the playoffs Literally. last year. And I don't like shit like that. I think, And I think that that's what happened with the Celtics, honestly. I think Kyrie came back, and I think that the whole dynamic of the the team, them playing together, them actually giving a fuck about the game, I think went out the window completely. Yeah, when you had to add another personality. Yo, when when there's literally statistics saying that when your team does not have you there, they win more games, what else do you need? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yo, tangible evidence. Listen to this. If if me, you, and Am did this podcast, right, and every time that you missed an episode... We got noticeably more numbers. Yeah, yeah. I could just at some point assess that, yo, people don't like listening to Crispy Talk. Right. This, it's this, like, it's this, like, this is actually what we wanted to talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> this is my intervention and shit. It, that was the case, though, I feel like with uh, with the Warriors toward the end in, in, uh, in the finals, because they had like some stat up where it was like, without KD, they actually won more games. Right, yeah. but I think that the blow that you take by losing him at that point in the playoffs is just too hard to come back from. And then on top of that, they lost Clay, which is like, all right. That was the dagger. Yeah, of course. KD. That was the dagger. No matter what you, no matter what you can do as a team, like if two of your best players are out, you're going to lose the yeah, finals. Yeah, that game, that game they probably could have won if, because uh, he was on fire. Yeah. And then he got fucked. Oh, no, it probably would have went to he game seven. He was yeah. scorer and he was out for a quarter and a half. Yeah. 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 No, nice. it could have went to game seven if he stayed in. But yeah, I mean, once you lose him, it's like, all right, we lost KD, we lost Clay. It's Steph and Draymond now. You can see Steph too after that. Once that happened, once once uh, once Clay was out, Steph looked defeated. He already knew. He's like uh, he hung it up as soon as that happened. I don't know if he hung it up, but it definitely was a uh, fucking. Now they showed his face like on the on the fucking on the side, like on the on the bench. He looked like. I think the problem. I think the problem with uh, that team in particular is the Warriors built up their starting five so much that they just said fuck our bench. They were so big on having yeah, such true. a starting five that they didn't care about their bench. And like when shit like that happens, you have to have yeah, these. Who's their, who's their, yeah, exactly. Who's Quint- their actual starting five? Who is it? Clay, Steph, KD, KD Draymond, Draymond, and Andre Iguodala. And then who do they have on the bench? They have Bogut. Bogut Cousins comes off the bench. Yeah, yeah he, he came off the bench, but they started him a couple games, but he was injured for a large oh, portion yeah, of the yeah, season. So, see, so, okay, say you add him to the the starting five, and you have your bench. Consists Objectively, of, that sounds like a mean fucking starting line. Right. No, and it, it, it is though. It is though. It has they're a bunch of people. A bunch of people, and they're not only like a bunch of great players. They're all in different slots. Like they're everybody's in their respective number plays well. Like right, right. Steph in the one. Uh, who would play the two? Uh, Clay. Clay two. Very respective two. Right. You can't get a bunch you could of even three. Put, yeah, and you could even put <laughs> you could even put Dray- Draymond at three and then uh, and still and put KD and put K D at four or five because he's seven foot. You know what I'm saying? Like you could put him at any position, but but the thing is once you lose those players, okay, say say Andre and no, I'm Gucci. Say Andre Guadala and uh Cousins come off the bench. Oh, um this? What? This? Oh, All right. Say Andre Guadala and uh Cousins come off the bench. Those so are your one and two off the bench, right? Uh huh. Who do you have after that? Kevon Looney, fucking Quinn Cook, like players that like on any other team are not even starters. You know what I mean? Not even on the worst teams of starters. You can't win like that. Not not with your two best players or two of your better players injured. 
You know, yeah, you just can't I mean, win that's like that. what that's pretty much why Raptors won. I They're mean, saying they had, they had their five, and then they would pull somebody off the bench, and the, the bench dude would out of nowhere drop like twelve. Like, right. and it's just super. You know, like Iguodala went fucking off. Iguodala's nice. He just is aging. You know what I mean? So, so but he's been in the league for so long. Like I think he was on the Sixers one of the last seasons that fucking AI was there. Yeah. Before he, you know what I mean? Like AI has been out of the league for a fucking shitload of time. So you gotta <laughs> assume that like he's been AI's in the, retired. Yeah, like he's been in the league after. for a long time. But That's um, right. but yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I think that next year the NBA is more wide open than it was this year because all right, take away they're saying Clay's not playing next year the whole se- season. That's He's out for... Oh, yeah. He, it, he tore no, his, really? He, he tore his ACL. Wow, man. They said that if he comes back, it might be after the All-Star break, but like that's assuming that he comes back. I mean, there's there's players that come back and they never play the same. You know what I mean? So, okay. Play, at least not that season. Right. So now, if you're the Houston Rockets, you have an opportunity. LA has an opportunity, obviously. Uh, the Clippers, if they land a decent free agent, they have an opportunity. So the West is wide open, and the East has been wide open. Like, no one expected the Ra- – people banked on the Raptors, but, like, most people thought the Bucks were going to go to the championships. I swore Bucks. Yeah, and I, I thought the Celtics so. were because I thought – I was under the impression that the Celtics, like, had a really bad season, but the playoffs kick in, and now you know every game counts, yeah. and they were going to turn it around, but they just never did. So, next year, I think even if Kyrie's on – yo, if Kyrie's on the Nets, that makes the East even more open. Mm. Because now the Celtics are still a good role team. Fucking – the Nets Bucks. are now – yeah, the Bucks are going to be Bucks, good, obviously. Nets, pa- Raptors. What's gonna fuck it everyone to look up? Like a competitive fucking conference, right? right? And what's gonna fuck everyone up is if Chris Middleton leaves the Bucks and say say Chris Middleton goes to the the Nets, right? And now you got Kyrie and Chris Middleton. You still have Giannis on the Bucks, so they're still gonna be good. Giannis and Bledsoe, that's still a good two. The East is wide open. Like the East is gonna be wide open for the foreseeable future, and now, I think the the West is too. How do you feel about Brooklyn Nets status in New York? Like. I feel like Brooklyn Nets fans are like hipster white kids. They're the gentrified. The Brooklyn Nets came in with their own fan base. They came well, in with the gentrification fan base. At the that's same true, time. but I also like think real niggas in Brooklyn still rep the Nets. I, I mean the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah, of course. But I think that I think that with the Nets, I don't think the Nets should have ever left Jersey. I just think New Jersey Nets. Sounds, on it. Yeah, I just think it sounds better than fucking the New York, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, but. Even past the name, even past the name, I think that majority of the Nets fan base is still the New Jersey Nets fan base. Can you name the, the starting lineup, the the ill at New Jersey Nets starting lineup? Yeah, I mean I can, but like it's not it's not good. Fucking, it was you, pretty good. Vince Carter, Jason oh, oh, you're talking about like old oh, school, yeah, old yeah, school, yeah, New yeah. Jersey Nets. Richard Jefferson, fucking uh, Kenyon Martin, Dikembe Mutombo at one point. Yeah, like they had a squad, they really but they did. went to the championship two years in a row. Two years in a row, and they lost both times Lest horribly. Yeah. Who did they play? They played the Lakers. They played the Spurs yeah. and the Lakers, and those were both you dynasty yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, you can't, can't be, be you can't be mad at that. But they just came up at the wrong time. Yeah, but you would think that with a squad like fucking Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, fucking Richard Jefferson was a super Kenyon nice. Martin, like you would think that squad's still enough to like. I met Kenyon Martin at the Models on Forty Six. Well, my out. mom actually met Kenyon Martin. My mom used to work at Sizzlers. She was a waitress, and she met Kenyon Martin. She's like, he is one of the biggest and scariest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Oh, shit. He's a badass yeah. yellow boy. And you know what's <laughs> you know what's funny? He doesn't he doesn't drink or do drugs. Really? I was uh, watching a Breakfast Club interview, and he's like, yeah, everyone always thought that I was like into that shit. And he's like, it never was. Not his thing. You could be clean cut and just not look clean cut. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Dill, by the way, for nobody who's seen Dill, he looks like... Uh, I'll like, probably like, rob you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like he'll rob you and then take your money and get drugs with it, but... Most clean cut guy I know. <laughs> Dude, yesterday I'm outside Crispy's crib and I'm talking to his mom and his aunts, and uh, they were bringing up weed, and I think that they like really thought that I smoked weed, so they're like, "Yeah, you know, like, like, you, you know, when you get a little too high." And I'm like, "Oh, I've never been like a fan of like smoking." I'm like, what? They looked at me like, "Yeah, okay." You, I'm you like, rap, "No, no, no you honestly, rap, bro, you know that, right?" Yeah, I was like, "I was like, you can ask it." I think that because I'm a rapper. I think that majority of people think yeah, that I'm like very highly like into drugs. It's a rapper, tats, tall, right. basketball player. <laughs> I honestly just like tattoos because I feel art you. Of it. I think you know what I mean. For many reasons, <laughs> <to> like <laughs> <Yeah>. tattoos. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. By the way, 
What do you think about getting? Um, probably something Egyptian related. That'd be a Jeffrey tat on his asshole. <laughs> That's not bad. Around the circle and just right. an arch. Yeah, <laughs> one F. Like the Red Hot Chili Peppers symbol, just like around. Yeah, like, yeah just yeah, like yeah. that. No, that's hot. Stop talking about my ass. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to get something, but kind of like big. I want to go. I want to take a a knee dive in. A knee dive. Where you nose dive? Where do you want to go with it? Like uh, what? Like something coming down the shoulder. Shoulder something. Yeah. I feel like See, uh, I was super ballsy. My first tattoo. My first tattoo was at 16, and I got a huge cross on my forearm. That yeah, that's very. It was like it was like ah, you might never get a job. You're Mike Bibby, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. No, I think uh, I think for me, I think teachers were looking at me like ah. My big, uh, it's my, over for him. My my biggest concern is because I after I lost all that weight, like I got a little flabby. Of course. Of so you don't want to put a tattoo of a guy or like a, a sphinx. And then him kind of looked like, off like, oh. like a like a hunchback line. Right. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Because because all right, weight loss is obviously a huge thing and it's fucking extremely beneficial. Yo, when you get when you lose as much weight as you lost and you do have that extra flap, is there ever a point where you're like, I want to get surgery to remove? Oh, all the time. All the time. What? Because it was just it would like I know I look better after I lost the weight, but I'm like, you could look better without the flaps. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> then you could be like, I lost this weight now. Like, and and the flab itself, that never goes away. Not if I don't. If, if anything, I don't know if you heard about what happens when you get old, but your skin don't hold together too of well. Of course, but I'm <laughs> so saying. So it might exaczerate. That's yeah, right, saying. right, right. So I'm saying like no, that, that flap, but that flap, like that extra skin is just there. The only way <laughs> to get rid part, of it. I can do, prob- I could probably. Work out. Work out. And do, but it you would, have to it be. Would, it would it help. Has to be, yeah. It would definitely help. But I don't th- because I was so fucking fat. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would have to get to like a massive like. I would have like, to, be, would have to like be the same weight I was, but it all bodybuilder. Yeah, 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 how, like, do, you, how do you feel taking your shirt off in front of like chicks and shit? Um, not the it? hottest about it. But do you oh, do it? Shit, I try to keep the. I try, <laughs> you try to keep I the try shirt to keep on? the wife beat. Right, 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 right. Because I actually have pretty nice shoulders. Oh shit! So that's kind of what I ride out. But just don't look down. <laughs> But that yeah no it definitely crosses your mind and you're like yo I I, I would do it because it would just make me one less thing to think about right. but I take my shit off yeah so if you listen that's why you're just like I'm never gonna go swimming now <laughs> that I want to talk about confidence in bed because yo if you've listened to this podcast for a while you know that at one point I was trying to figure out why I couldn't get fucking hard mm-hmm. right and I don't know how much of that. Is mental. We found out he was gay. Yeah, th- that was the <laughs> answer. The whole, it was the answer the whole time. <laughs> no, but but yeah. So so I'm talking to my pops on the phone, and my pops is like he's like in and out of like uh, he's just going kind of like he's not okay in the head right now. But they think it's like medication. It's like due a, to they think it's like due to medication. Or like no, no, no. They think that it's due to the medication he was taking. <laughs> they think that my pops was taking a medication that causes psychosis. So they're like, yo, the answer to it is he just needs to stop taking that medication. Is your dad bipolar or something? No, or he, like he has epilepsy, but like he, he was taking, yeah, but he was taking a certain, he was taking a certain like medication. And epilepsy is well, not. there's an epilepsy medicine that gives you psychosis. Oh, so they were like, that's the thing with all that shit. But oh, but shit. anyway, so I call into the hospital. And I'm talking to my dad on the phone, right? Uh-huh. And just because I didn't want to talk about that per se, like I didn't want to talk about him going like fucking crazy. So I'm just trying to talk about regular life, right? And I go to, I'm like to my dad, I go, yo, pops, like. Have you ever dealt with like any sense of like erectile dysfunction? And he's like, "Oh yeah, for sure." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, like, because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that, oh, it's this I'm taking, or I it's feel that like a lot I'm of taking. that has to do with genetic stuff. I think it does. A lot. So, After a while, your dick doesn't just work as well. No, that's true. That's true. But 26 is not usually well, you're the time. Wondering, <laughs> you're wondering. You know what I mean? That's early, prime time. Have you looked at yeah. what the average age is for onset? Well. The thing is, it might be lower than we think. That's but a but up the thing. thing is, like one in I've I've looked into this drastically <laughs> because this has been going on for I like you, way if more I, years if than I, I wanted. Something, want. right. If I thought something was wrong with my dick, I would be like, hundred percent. We got And I'm the type of person I don't go to doctors for everything. I like I try to like figure out what I, I can know. do myself. It ter- it's a terrible trait. Now, there's an answer, and this isn't like a fucking ad. I'm not trying, but I took this shit called Blue Chew. Yo, shout out to Blue Chew. No, shout out to Blue Chew for real so, because, yo. I had to say, if your erectiles are dysfunctional, Blue oh, Chew is the way to go. Tell side Use effects. Code. Tell side effects. <laughs> no, but that shit is it's the wave. But now talking to my dad about that. What was it called? It's called Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> now listen to this. There's, there's, it's Blue Chew, right? And there's two different types of pills that you can get, right? And it's actually, you could just do it for fun. 
because it's like your dick's just gonna get really hard. So you heard. There's there's two different types. There's <laughs> there's sildenafil and then there's tadalafil, or, yeah. I think. And tadalafil, you take it. Gives, they send you five packets of it, and that lasts up to five hours. Like the effects of it, not not like you don't have a hard on. Five hours five, a piece. You don't <laughs> like each pill. Each pill. Each pill is right. Hard. Right. I thought you had to pop five. No, 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 no. One that, an hour. One, one each hour. <laughs> no, that that lasts up to five hours, right? Like where. The effects of it will will work for five hours. Most people hear that and they're like, I don't want a fucking boner for five hours. That's not how it works, dude. It's like when you're about to have sex, you're super hard for like the next five hours, right? Then they have one called sildenafil where they send you three because one pill lasts 36 hours. You'd be able to have a boner for 36 hours or you're hard for 36 hours? No, no, no. You're able to... Anytime, Get it, no problem. Yeah, anytime like, that you go to have sex, your dick is rock solid. Like, you know... Yo, as a guy, have you ever gotten so have you hard... Have both? Are you telling us... I've tried both. Yeah, okay, yeah. I've tried both. Have I, you ever... I love first that experience. As a guy, have you ever gotten to the point of being so hard that you look at your dick and you're like, that's bigger than it's ever been? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That, that, <laughs> like, that like super, super hard? That doesn't Looking happen all thick, the time. my guy. That's, that's summertime... That like yeah, yeah sure. that That's like the end of season. Yeah, it's, it's summertime. Come on. But is that summertime. is that one is that yeah. one boner that, that you look down? And you, yeah, right. exactly. You're like yeah, yeah. you're like wow, that's fucking huge. You're like, like oh, you're flexing right now. Yeah, I, see, yeah, yeah, I, see, yeah. I see you, B. I see you. Right. Yo, so it's like it's like that almost like for a long period of time, right? Like, and do you bust easily or no, do you bust and just no, keep going? You actually, I feel like it it makes you last longer. Like I feel like everything that's good to actually. And I was listening to uh, I was listening to Lisa Ann was on. Flagrant 2, uh, Andrew Schultz podcast. And Lisa Ann was saying how every male porn star is so juiced up. And when she said juiced up, they're like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, they all like pop mad Viagra. Like, that's like a known thing that they all pop mad Viagra. And now watching Nobody porn, watching porn, you're just under the assumption that these dudes are really? just, that's their gift. That's like, why amateur porn. What is the segue? Right. It's <laughs> a segue. God damn it. Okay. So watching porn. You're under the impression that these dudes are just able to stay hard throughout all this fucking time of just like it's abnormal. It is it's abnormal. not real. It is I abnormal. This day, I, I mean, she said that right. So yeah, it's just one of those things where you watch it and you're just like, this is their profession. I feel like they could just do this. No That's pills. what I thought too. Right. Without pills. Nah. But she's saying that they all take pills. Damn. She's like, they all do. She's like, every single one of them is juicing. Like, and that's that's what she kept on saying, juicing. And it's basically just like they're doing steroids for their for dick, their pretty car. much. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. And. It can't, can't be good for your heart, though. And what no. what originally scared me about doing, like, even Blue Chew was if I take shit like this, is it going to fuck me up even more in the long term? Oh, but true. hearing that porn stars do that on a regular basis, I can't imagine that if you, if you were in the profession of fucking people, I can't imagine that doctors wouldn't say, yo, don't do that shit. Do you think we can get a porn star on here? I think so. Like a lower, probably, probably like a, a lower, lower, yeah, like a lower, level, lower level, lower like low budget. I, I, all right. So as far as the long term, what do you like? What um, side effects do you expect in like in the long term? Well, people think that that your body that. would become reliant on it, where you yeah. no longer just yeah. get hard regularly. But that's fine though. After a certain doses. age, though, you don't even get hard. You know what I mean? If that's the only downfall, well, you you supposed you supposed to take it to sixty, sixty one. My dick don't work anymore. Like whatever. Have you? Do you guys feel like your sex drive is like lowered over the years? Even at this age? No? I'm fucking horny all the time. Dude, I feel like when I was younger... <laughs> I have to sound crazy, people. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like a Does sense of... I, fucking... I don't know if it's a sense of like me just like not thinking about that co- like constantly where I uh, used to. I'm more distracted now. Right, right, I'll right. give it that much. And I think with, with more distraction, I've like... Yeah, for sure. It's like calmed down a bit because there's a point of like... Like you're growing up where you're like 18 and like all you think about yeah, is that shit. Sure. Okay, maybe I'm not thinking. You know yeah, what I'm you saying? have the time to do so. Yeah, but that's I was true. still saying, what like, else are you so thinking you think about like besides school and mid, like mid seventy percent of the time? <laughs> yeah, now good. it's like you think still about like high. work, fucking like the, the rest of your life, like going forward next year and shit. Yo, we're the first generation of like internet for real, like internet, internet to the degree of watching porn on the internet. Like, I think did I ever tell you how I feel about us? Go ahead. That, that we're the like we're the last link. Between the old world and the new yeah, world. yeah, yeah, you've said that before, and, and I agree. But as far as the internet goes with porn, I think people that were our age when the internet came out, like they were like in their twenties, I don't think that they went full like internet porn. I think that's one of our like. I think that's one of our like 
like strengths and being that like connecting link. Like we got to get everything after it was developed. When did you guys start jerking off? Honestly, <sighs> I swear to God, I, I have no idea. I wish I could remember. Dude, very young. seventh grade, young, seventh yeah, grade, somewhere probably. Seventh grade, I was probably the first time that I ever like. I figured out it was like a thing. seventh grade was the first time I ever like came on purpose, and I was like, "What the fuck just happened? <laughs> What's good with that? Yeah, yeah, like Is that, that felt good all crazy. the time. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> am I good for that? <laughs> I say that to say by. Seventh grade, you're how old? Twelve. Yeah, right. Seventh oh grade, God. twelve. Yeah, eighth grade, thirteen. Yeah, 13. Fourteen. Six, and six years later, you graduate. Right, right. So, you're twelve years old, watching porn, and you from that point forward. I don't know if you guys stopped watching porn, but I haven't. Stopped. Yes. No, I haven't stopped. Right, right, right. So I'm saying, <laughs> okay, we are now twenty six, twenty seven, uh-huh. right? So for the past 15 years consistently, we're pros so now. We've been watching porn. Right, we, I've seen enough porn for 10,000 hours. I'm, I'm, a, I'm How a much how okay. much do you think that that affects us as as men and like how much do you think that affects our sex drive and how much do you think that affects because yo it's just it's not even just like the aspect of like getting hard. It's like yo we envision porn uh, or we envision sex being something completely like irregular because we watch porns that make it seem like it's like Drastic. I think it's kind. Of, it kind of does the same thing as the news. Like when you watch, when you only watch like left leaning or right leaning shit. If you only, if you only if you like porn. choose. If, if you, you choose put like, in feet every time, <laughs> thing. Right. I think it reinforces it, and you're in like a loop, and you just it reinforces. It validates how much you love that shit. <laughs> right. 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 And then boom, and that's all you're watching for a while. I think it it helps to diversify. Do you think that your pornography intake? So do you th- you think that just watching different porn would help you in in the long run? I think. Uh, help me out as far I don't as know. What? I don't know. If in terms of what of of not, I feel like there's a mental aspect to to sex that you need to be there mentally. All mental. And I think that there's certain times. Very I, I think that there's it. certain things that run through a man's mind where, like, I don't think it's as simple as just like, "Oh, I'm fucking horny. Let's just have sex." I think that there's a lot of shit going on while it's happening, and it could be like, "I hope I'm performing." To there could be, you know, what I'm saying there's like a whole bunch of like mental aspect to it. So if you're not all the way in the game, I feel like porn makes it so that you think you have to either do some shit that you don't normally do, or you're so attracted to like some extra extra shit that like. Real life is like boring to you. Exactly. you so know what amateur I mean? porn is good for you. And I don't feel like I don't feel like my sex life is boring at all. I, what, I, what I feel like is, but I'm disgusting. You also got to be disgusting. But I'm I'm porn. just saying that there's certain there's certain things that like about porn that like are so extra that anything would be would be boring in comparison. You know what I mean? They're doing some wild fucking shit, and we're watching that from the age of twelve. That's fucking nuts to me. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, doing when you like watch all that porn and then you actually have sex and shit. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I've never hit like, <clears throat> uh, like if there's however many sex fishes out there that I've seen in pornos, I've hit six because most like, of them are fucking insane. Like most of them, you have to be well endowed to pull off easily. But also, have you ever very have, well? Have endowed. you ever like done a sex position that like looked really cool? And then you do it, it and it's like, cool. or it's painful, or it's just like awkward. It's like, yo, this is clearly just for the camera angle because there's no reason why any human being would do this. It's not enjoyable. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's more times. Like if you're like on your, okay, say you're on your knees, right, and you got the girl's fucking leg right here, and you're like hitting it from the side, like she's just spread open. That's only for a camera angle yeah. because there's no way that like the girl is like laying on her side with her leg up, and she's like, this is great. Maybe she is. It's possible, I know, but she's I just a fucking gymnast. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just think that there's certain shit in porn that, that like, <laughs> I think that it fucks us up, and I think it kind of fucks everyone up. And I think that I think that you're probably gonna see more erectile pizza. dysfunction. I think that you're gonna see more erectile dysfunction due to like inadequacy in further generations. We're I think that we're satisfied. the start of that. Not maybe not satisfied, or we think we're not satisfying. I think there's as I, men. I think you know what I mean? An age thing though. For sure. I think uh, the inadequacy is going to come from the, the porn is going to continue to get weirder and weirder and people are going to only be able to get off watching some fucking wild Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Yeah. Right. I think so that it's like, yo, I don't. I feel inadequate because I'm not fucking wearing a fucking toupee. Just fucking, <laughs> I don't even know. Just right. like shooting ping pong balls It's kind of like murderers. It's like, yo, you know how like a murderer starts off with like small animals? Yeah. And then they like move on from small animals to like larger animals. Like they might kill a fucking dog and then they're like, oh, dogs... 
Die. Fat bitches. Yeah, then, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I'll bring this fat girl home they're from the prostitutes. club. Like, right. Jesus, now you kill prostitutes. But I'm saying, a murderer, a murderer goes in like levels. Like there's levels to everything, right? And I feel like maybe porn goes in that too. Like I think that you, you're like, you dive in like into some like, okay, this is kind of freaky. Like some like HBO after dark type shit, right? Where it's like no penetration. Right, right, right. And then you get into penetration. And then you're like, you're like, I like when fucking people are spitting on each other. Like, it's just right. like, it goes super fucking intense. fucking pissing. You know what I mean? Like, everybody just piss on <laughs> each other. real weird with balloons. Right. Bukakis just I, fucking yo, all day. I was talking. I was talking to someone. Compilation. I was talking to someone. <laughs> I was talking to my girl and she was telling me about someone who like is into, or not that person's into getting pissed on. They, they were asked if they could get pissed on, like if the person could piss on them, right? Did they com- did they comply? No, 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 no. They thought it was disgusting. And that was bad vanilla of them. What? <laughs> what do you think happens in your childhood that makes you interested in that? Uh, that's like one of those kids who like um, is constantly peeing. Like you know the kids who just like whip out and just piss. It's like dude, like there was no reason for you to piss right there. He's into the, the pissing. What is pleasurable about pissing on someone? Is it just a? They, they is it the submission like, factor? Because I, I, I can see yeah. that. I think everything in sex is a power dynamic. I think right, right, every, right. Everything boils down to. The, I tried to explain this to a girl one time. Did not end well. Um, but I was just. Man, one. Yeah, I was. Uh, see, I was kind of just like saying how like there's a dominating fact. Like we were talking about where the inequality between men and women started, and I was like, I think it's. I think it started with sex because it's kind of a dominating. Think, like you kind of even if it's consensual and she's letting you do it don't you think that that's what anal kind of is about and a tighter hole I think that too but I think that the majority of the reasoning behind anal it's is that thing. I think it's a, a dominating thing it's like you're allowing me to do whatever I want to you pretty much you know what I'm saying Actually, I think that, yeah. I think that a lot of sex is like that because men think, are driven by ego for the most part mm-hmm. everything we do is for ego cheating if you drop fucking mad bitches okay now with with that being said, like you're saying, men are, are very ego driven. In the past, like however many years, I've been very hard pressed on trying not to be ego driven. That's very good of you, right? And I feel like <laughs> it benefits me in certain ways, but then in certain ways it doesn't. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like when it comes to sex, like I'm I lo- like I don't have the interest to like do like fucking insane shit because I'm not completely ego driven. Where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make her fucking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. So I think that there's aspects of like, and then I'm like, am I in a fucking state of like namaste where I'm like, fucking, you know what I mean? Like I I'm like, why my digs? Uh, <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think also some people like myself kind of get off on other people getting off. Right. Uh, one of those. See, one of those. Which is also a power dynamic. It's like, yeah, you like that shit. Right, right, right. It's I like, do. I'm that. good enough to do that. I right. do that. Right. It's all ego. Is sex all ego? Yeah, I think so. Right? Well, for men, I think for women, it's. Depends on the girl. Think some if she's girls fine, like, then it's like all like ego. Being, she's like whatever. Like it's like, all right, I guess I just... Some, but it's still, yeah, it's still a power dynamic. For you know how there's those guys that are like into fucking like 50 girls and they don't give a fuck what they look like? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that goes to like caveman shit? Like I'm going to impregnate as many women as possible. I think that I think there's a scientific basis to the way men like act in general and the stereotypes. That's like. just so you have a scoreboard. Did you do that just so they could say it? But do you think that scoreboard... Goes back to those caveman days where yeah, you I, I, are impregnating all the women that you can because you're able to. I think, yeah. like scientifically, we can have twelve babies at once, and I think we're meant to want to spread our seed, right? And for that reason, we have a body count. Girls have a body count too, but it's more for like side talk. Well, I think when you <laughs> when you bring in like fucking contraception, I think that like that kind of allows women to be on that male type of vibe where they're like I'll fuck as many people as I want to because yeah. I can give me that back in, the day, rate, back in the day I bitch. feel like people got pre- like pregnancy was a higher rate and I feel like because like obviously millennials don't have kids as much we try not to right which is a good <laughs> thing but it's also not natural I don't feel yeah we also have more like tools at our disposal condoms rings. exactly and that's what I'm saying like but to me it's like is it deeper than that like is it like are we conscious of the fact that there's overpopulation or are we just like, I don't want kids? Why are we the generation that stays with our parents till we're fucking 30? Oh, I think there's so many reasons like that play off each other. Just like economic reasons where how we how like student loans got set up and all that shit. And just how the job market isn't what it used to be. Then how much, how, yeah, how costly fucking just living by your how own would be. How expensive life just yeah. is more now. 
I was talking to one of our listeners, Pete, and uh, and he was telling me about how uh, living with parents and like he was talking about like jobs and and everything, and he was kind of like worried about that like portion of life, like moving on from that factor. And I I don't know, I feel like back in the day, people put themselves in a position to like get out of the house and start their own life they have more also, room yeah i think room. that's also because they're they used to do it at a younger age and that was still i guess when you're like it's 18 right you get out of the house you're still a child pretty much like mentally right so it's one of those things where they threw themselves out and then just as a child you have to you're forced to deal with it i think now it's like you you grow up you become an adult and then you're like oh shit like this is what it's gonna cost i think back in the day they were just Put a foot in and just be like, "That's it. Like this is now what happens." How to many? Deal with. How many parents do you think that we have seen in our lives that are good parents just made a mistake? As oh. far as what having the kid, <laughs> I think back in the day, I think that a lot of people made mistakes and then just were accountable for their mistakes. It, it was, I was easier to do. It was easier you know to deal with them. I think. I, I think, think a lot easier, easily, more easily solved. Like nowadays. First of all, the fact that, like, the common fucking narrative is you got to go to college after school be, and how easy it's become and why there's a fucking bubble or whatever the fuck. Um, now, like, if you fuck up and you can't pay your student loans, like, your financial life is pretty much fucked up. Right, right. Back then, a lot of people didn't go to college. That's why they dipped out at 18. And, like, how much good do you have to lose at 18? Your parents are pr- pretty much still willing to bring you back in the crib because right. you're still a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to give it a shot. And now you know, and now you learn a little you bit also have, Yeah, you also have experience, and so now it's like you know what to do when you are ready to go out again. Right. You know? Do you think everyone going to college is a good thing? Fuck no. No. Some right. niggas, my dude, some people I saw in college, I'd just be like, what are you doing here? This is not for you, my guy. You're right. not stupid. But you're just, just not smart, dude. There's some there's some people that are just meant to be mechanics. There's some people that are just meant to and they're do, fantastic at it and they're great at it. Yeah, I, I couldn't put together a fucking. It takes me a minute to put uh, a spare tire on. Right, 100. percent And it's like, at that point, when does all right? We're the millennial generation that constantly has information at our at our fingertips. When do millennials start to say to themselves, "I don't necessarily need to go to college to do what I'm trying to do." Right now, I think that's happening. I think think it's more of a fear of just, like, hearing... Like, if you're, like, 16 right now and you have an older sibling that's, like, 24, you're like, that looks terrible. (laughs) What did you learn? What did you pick up at school besides a bad drug habit? Right, 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 right. Not a goddamn thing. I I feel like I'm going to teach my kids that college is beneficial, but if they could prove to me that they're going to do something that's not that doesn't necessarily need college, I'm also down with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, for instance, I went to school for music. I did a four-year college for music. You don't need that. Now, if I wanted to go to an engineering school, engineering schools are 18-month programs. After an 18-month program, I could have been placed in a studio by an engineering school. Mm -hmm. And with that studio, I could have been making six figures by... D- depending on my my work habits and obviously yeah. and your work habits my drive <laughs> right 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 but i'm saying i could have been easily making six figures by the time i was 20 by going to an 18 month program rather than wasting 4 years of my life being in extreme debt and now being at a point where it's like did i even need to do that that's, so that's, i feel like more parents need to just be accepting of the fact that like that's not the end all be all to life i don't think it's even just the parents like i think I think uh, I hope, as far as my my kids go, it's not going to be whether or not I'm going to stress college. I'm probably going to stress it because I think if you're comfortable enough in life, you should just be able to, you should go get some education, like regardless right. of the fact. But um, I'm going to stress it. But if it's yeah, I'm going to stress it. But hopefully, I'm going to like the goal is to be in such a stable position myself that like I'm they cool can, with my kids. They can go fuck fucking up. off. They yeah, can go yeah. fuck up. They have a safety net. I hope they don't have to use it. But I'm there. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's your job as a okay, parent. Okay, last right. last point. Now that we're talking about parenting, because we've already, I think, gone through an hour. And really? we're trying, yeah, that was like a very quick hour, but wow. good. Uh, last point that I wanted to bring up, and we talked about this earlier. We're now very closely approaching 30, right? Uh-huh. And, ki- and people like us, or just people in general, typically have kids around their 30s. Right, because you don't want to be an old ass parent. You don't want to show up to your fucking kid's graduation and you're fucking eighty and you're like 
you look like a fucking grandpa. You know what I mean? What point of salary do you guys feel you have to be at in order to be a parent and do it successfully? I don't think you measure that in salary. I think I've I've met people who have my my mother doesn't make that much as a as a manager of a Dunkin' Donuts, but she was a good parent. Right. I think it depends what kind of But how much struggle was there? There was struggle. Right. There was struggle. And I didn't have that that safety net I was talking about. That's why college seemed like the necessary move well, what, because what salary point do you think you would need for you to feel for me to be where I I would love to be how I think com- how where you life say where you say okay I could have a kid now because I have enough ba- I have enough cash saved up where I could afford that expense I would have to be depends what uh, I think yeah. I think ninety k and up yeah I would have to be making at least like six figures. And see, six figures that to me, that's not a bad answer. And that but I feel like that's us like pressing the limit, which we typically do as the generation of fucking technology. I think that we all think like, yo, I'm not good unless I make six figures. And I don't think that like if you look at I'll be fine with 70. Right. (laughs) I think me plus a, a human being that I have to make sure lives. I think I need a hundred because I'm still not so financially. Do you think that because now I'm going to, I'm going to hit you guys with a bomb before we go out. Do you think that as men, we completely disregard the fact that our female counterpart is also going to have a salary? Do we also, I'm not counting right now. Do we disregard that meaning? Okay. We're talking about, we need six figures, right? But are we talking about collectively? Because, okay, no, I make... No, talking si- about exactly, only. exactly. And now what I'm saying is if I make 60, my girl makes 40. Say my girl makes 70 and I make fucking 40. Whatever the case. I'm not... Like, it's not... But regardless... Probably not, though. <laughs> <laughs> but look, if if that's the case, now you're over six figures, you could afford a kid, right? Technically. Right. But the you reason, also... I think but the I reason- also, in your hypothetical, I was a single father. Right, right, right. Exactly. And I think that that's what we look at as human beings. In in our case, we're looking at if I had to do it on my own, I could don't I afford think, it? I don't think it's so much that we look at each ourselves as single fathers. I think it's that we, as men, look, I mean, me at least, like, you look to pay for a woman, right? Like, for most part. Right, right. So you're already thinking, like, my 90 is me paying for her shit as well. Like, say, I'm thinking, like, and that's what I'm saying. We think about, exactly. We're right. thinking about it from a sense of we're carrying the load of everything. But right. that's not how it is. Not at all. And in a partnership, ideally, you guys both have a salary and you guys can both combine what that salary. What if she's not working? What if she wants to be a stay-at-home mom? I would, I would support that. That's, I'm all about your that's a different girl. story. That's a different, that's a different story, my though. 90, my 90 is for good or bad. It's either if she has no job or if she has a job. But, but if My you, 90 is me feeling comfortable with the whole situation. Okay. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Yeah. But, she, but she has a job that pays 50. You have a job that pays 50. Are you comfortable? No. No? We Still? Just we, making... No, I think we'd be all right. Right. I think we'd be fine. I think so, too. If we're consistently making I just, money, we're both getting that... jobs, and we're moving up, we'll be all right, because the expenses of a baby are high, but they only increase. And also, also, if you're in an apartment, not that that's the ideal uh, raising... Of, I, I don't, I don't think, think that there's right. a problem with apartment. I think if you are a young married couple, or together raising a family, and you don't make that much money, I think if you start... And debt yourself with the house on the jump, you're stupid. I think get an apartment, save some money, and then get a spot. New Jersey apartment, decent area, say eighteen hundred for a two bedroom, right? Sixteen hundred. Eight hundred each is not bad if you're splitting the cost of that, right? And on top of that eight hundred, say you add a kid to the equation, you do have leftover cash after the eight hundred to pay for a child. You I still think. gotta make a lot of sacrifices on the personal level. Absolutely. Though. But I think financially you're adequate to be there you know what i mean i think uh one of my professors said something super dope one time and he said like um every paycheck that him and his wife get he's like older professor so he's like establishing getting money they put they either put 60 and 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 keep 40 40 or or one or the other but they take a, a specified percentage of each of their paycheck and they put it in a joint account and that takes care of bills right. and bullshit and whatever that is. And then the remaining, I guess it was 40. They keep that 40 and that's theirs. You do whatever the fuck you want with it. You want to go buy your red bottoms. You want to go for Right, right, right. You can do whatever do your you want. Thing. That's, and I thought that was pretty fucking genius. I think that kind of really sets. And if you think about it, if you're making 50000 a year, you're probably making like 
every two weeks, probably somewhere near two grand. Um, and if you take 60% of that, fifth, probably like $1,200, put it together. So now you have $2,400 for the month to pay for bills, utilities, shit like that. I think you'd be all right. Right. I think you'd be all right. Okay, guys. So the moral of the story, uh, the lesson that we've learned in this podcast is that you don't have to be completely terrified if you don't make $100,000. No, no. As long as you're no. in a partnership that and, and as both long as of you're you responsible are, with your money. Right. Like if you're making 50 k and you're hitting the club every week, spending mad money on drinks, you're still going to be fucked. Don't, I think buy, that that's, don't buy bottles at the club, please. Don't buy yeah. bottles at the club before you buy bottles for your babies. That's, uh, you can quote me. Boom. <laughs> All right, guys. This is the Just Some Average Guys podcast. We are signing out. This is Diggy Metro. This is Yerdy. I'm a Yerdy also. Oh, okay. <laughs> Peace out, guys. <laughs>